Anybody know what the first mention of prayer in Scripture is? Anybody know what the first prayer in Scripture was for? It was Abraham. And Abraham is instructed by God to pray for Abimelech, and the first prayer is for healing. If you go to Genesis 20, remember that's when Abimelech has scarfed up Sarah. So I'm down 20 verse 7, and this is God speaking to Abimelech. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. And then we have the recording of the prayer, which is down in verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. Then before everyone you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So the first prayer in Scripture is for healing. So let's talk about prayer. And first off, I want to sort of pop up at a high level and talk about something theoretical. Prayer is nothing but information. It can be new information, or it can be information that you or God has already spoken, but it's nothing but information. And it's information that created everything. In other words, the difference between the created order and chaos is information, organization. So when God looks out over nothing, and he says light, and he says animals, and he says people, what he's doing is he's injecting information into chaos to create something ordered. And in the first case, it's light which is ordered. The next case, it's animals which are ordered, and it's birds and plants and people, all of which are ordered, brought out of chaos. There's two kinds of prayer. One is communication, where you are communicating with God with no intention other than the two of you just want to hang out. So it's like when you're sitting down talking to somebody and just having coffee together. You're not really trying to get anything from each other. You're just talking. So that's sort of prayer type one. Worshiping God, adoration, hanging out with him, however you want to describe it. It's just communication between you and God for no purposes other than fellowship. Type two is where you want something to happen. You want something to be created, something to be destroyed, a situation to be changed, whatever. But type two is you want something to happen. God created everything, the original order, with information. So his words, everybody listening? His words were carriers of his faith. God, when he spoke something, believed that it was going to happen. But that's what we call faith. If you say something and you believe that something is going to happen, isn't that faith? What I'm saying is, before the universe came into existence, it did not exist. God put his faith on his words, and that's what caused the universe to come into existence. Once it was existing, then there was no faith involved because now you're operating in sight. 
So faith is the belief that something you have not seen is going to happen. Now, in God's case, I don't think he had a lot of doubt. But it was still a faith mechanism that caused the universe to come into existence. It's sort of like I'm sitting here on this chair. I know that this chair will support me because it is doing so. I have faith that this chair will support me also. It does. And now I know that this chair will support me. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of doubt between those two chairs. And the point I want to make is that words are not the thing that caused the universe to come into existence. Faith was the thing that caused the universe to come into existence. Words were the vehicles that carried that faith. Information is indestructible. It's immortal. It has no time. And, but it has to be carried on something. So I've got information on my computer that's carried on chips. The chips are not the information. Because I can take that information and print it on the screen and read it. I can take that information and print it on paper and read it. I can take it and move it to another computer. I can do all sorts of things with the information. And the carrier mechanism of that information changes each time I do that. So it's carried on the screen. It's carried in a chip. As I speak it, it's carried on words. As I transmit it by telegraph or semaphore. In other words, the mechanism that carries the information is not the information itself. That's the point I'm making here. And God, when he decided in his mind that he was going to make the universe, needed a way to carry his plan into existence, and what he used was words. What I will suggest to you is prayers are carriers of faith, just Mm -hmm. as God's words are carriers of his faith. It's the faith that does the work, not the words. So what you're doing is you're bringing your faith into action, and the way you focus your faith and carry your faith is on words. Whether you have them on a computer screen or you speak them out or whatever, it's the faith that's doing the work. Now, we are in the image of God. So what we can do is we can also inject information into a situation, just like God did. We've got the same quality, if not the same power. So what you can do is you can pray to enforce the existing order. In other words, if something is starting to go out of kilter and you don't want it to, you can pray to bring it back into order. You can pray to bring a new or different order, change things. And there's two ways you can use your faith to change things. One is with your words and the other one is with your hands. If you want something to happen like you want the chair to support you, words may not be the most appropriate carrier of your faith. Your hands may be the appropriate carrier of your faith different medium. What you're doing is you're still injecting information into that chair to change its status. And whether you're doing it with a hot glue gun and a screwdriver, or whether you're speaking, doesn't change the fact that you are changing through information the state of that chair. And so we have a thing that the spirits don't have, which is hands. By the way, that's one of the reasons that demons want to get a hold of you is because you do have hands and you do have a voice. So you can do things that they can't do because of that. One other thing before I change gears on you. There's a difference between prayer and proclamation. Prayer is when you're asking God 
for something. Proclamation is when you're doing it yourself. And they are both very powerful. To give an example from me, I don't believe in getting sick. That doesn't mean my body doesn't try and get sick. And what happens is when my body tries to get sick, and I know the symptoms when it starts, I will go in and I will look in the mirror and I will say in my most authoritative voice, you are not going to be sick. And it goes away. If you are asking for God to do something, you are praying. If you are injecting your own information into a situation with the intention of a change, you're making a proclamation. One of the things that's in scripture is says, don't do vain repetition. And I will suggest that vain repetition is nagging God to have him give you something that he wouldn't otherwise want you to have. And when you're praying, if you're praying scripturally, what you're praying for is something that God already wants you to have. One of the things that was in the reading today, where the disciples ask Yeshua to teach them to pray, what does that tell you? It's something that can be learned. It is a skill that can be taught. Prayer is a skill that can be taught. It is a thing that can be learned. That's what that says. So as you're sitting out there, if you feel like you are a spiritual midget and none of your prayers ever get answered and all of that kind of stuff, I will suggest to you that it is simply a matter of skill and practice. Assuming that you don't have a forgiveness problem that's screwing up your bandwidth. The mechanism that makes things happen is faith. The carrier of faith is words. So how do you get faith? By hearing the word of God. So what you need to do is you need to hear, and notice it doesn't say read, it says hear the word of God, and that will increase your faith. And practice in prayer will also increase your faith, especially if you are praying the word of God, because when you are praying the word of God out loud, you are hearing the word of God. We're better at fear than we are at faith, because you live in this world, and this world buffets you around, and the world has its hands on your hot little body, and you're really good at fear, but you've got to work at faith. Fear and faith are the same thing. They're the same mechanism. They're just positive and negative side are the same thing. Every principle in the Bible has a negative side. You have the positive side that God tells you to do, but there's also the negative side if you do something else. Everything has a reciprocal. Fear and faith are twins. Everybody is used to operating in fear. We're really good at it, and we're taught that way from childhood. It's sort of like you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you get one little prayer answered. But boy, you say something negative and it just happens instantly. And that's because you're really good on the other side. And you're not especially good on the positive side. So most of us don't walk out into a parking lot not able to find our car and say, God, I have faith that you're going to lead me right to my car. No, you'll stand around and you'll wander around the parking lot because you don't want to look like a bozo to everybody else that's there. Prayer is a skill that can be learned. And if you practice it, what's going to happen is things will start to change. And the more they change, the more your faith will be strengthened. So most of us cannot walk out into the parking lot and say, Buick, rise! 
<laughs> at least not without a set of keys. Don't start with a Buick. Start with something small. And as you work on it, your faith will increase and your power will increase. Now, remember, we got two kinds of prayer. Prayer kind one is fellowship with God. You're not looking for anything except his companionship and you want to talk to it. What I'm talking about now is where you want something to change. First thing is ask for what you want. Do not deny what exists. So in Madge's case here, for her to say, I don't have arthritis, is not right, because she does. What she wants to say is not, I don't have arthritis, because there's no power in that. What she wants to say is, I am healed. Everybody see the difference? The first one is denying what's there, and there's no power in that. The second one is asking for what you want. So if you hurt, you hurt. Denying that you hurt is not going to make the hurt go away. What's going to make it go away is asking for what you want. It's very subtle, and it took me a while to figure it out. So for Madge to say, I don't have arthritis, that's a waste of bandwidth. For Madge to say, God, I want supple hands. You're asking for what you want. I want supple hands. I want hands that are flexible and pain-free. That's different from denying that you have arthritis. The other thing that you don't want to do is go to God and say, God, I have arthritis and it isn't getting any better. God, it's, it's worse than it was before. God, it really hurts today. Again, that's not a prayer. That's complaint. Because you're not asking for anything. That's complaining. Complaining doesn't have any power either. Except actually complaining does have power. What it does is it magnifies what you have. It magnifies the problem you have. Now, that's the prayer. Once you've prayed that, you've planted a seed. And seeds take time to produce fruit. That's why God uses agricultural metaphors all over the place. So what you don't want to do is then go dig that seed up and see if it's sprouted. What you want to do is you now want to defend that seed. And there what you do is you pray scripture. God, I thank you that you answer in my prayer. I thank you that you are the God who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. And I know that my prayer is going to be answered. You're not replanting the seed. What you're doing is you're weeding the garden in that case. And watering it, tending it. So what you're doing is you've made your request. God, I want supple hands. Now what you're saying is, God, your word says that I'm healed by his stripes. God, your word says that you are the God who forgives all of my iniquities and heals all my diseases. God, your word says that you'll put none of the diseases on me that you put on the Egyptians. God, I know you love me and I'm faithful. So what you're doing there is you're defending this seed that you've planted while it matures. And, you know, sometimes you may have a seed that just goes up really quick. Sometimes it may take a season. It took quite a year, few years for Abraham. Again, the example he uses is a thermostat. If you walk into the room and it's 90 degrees, what you don't say is, oh, it's hot in here. It's 90 degrees. I don't believe it'll ever get cool. I mean, it's just, it's just terrible in here. It's so hot. And i got to say what it is, so I'll go set the thermostat to 90 degrees because that's what it is. And then you call up the air conditioning company and say, this room is just terribly hot. What do you have the thermostat at? 90 degrees. That's what it is. Well, it's working real well. No, what you do is you set the thermostat to what you want, which is 70 degrees. You don't set the thermostat at what you have. In other words, you don't complain, gee, I've got arthritis, or gee, 
I'll never get rid of this arthritis, or God, this arthritis is just killing me today. You are created in the image of God, which means that you're supposed to do the things that God did. And if Yeshua were sitting right there beside you, and you asked him to pray for you, do you think his prayers would be answered? Do you think he would pray anything except what's in the word of God? So do you have the same words that he would use in your situation? So if God or Yeshua, same being, were sitting here in this room and each of you asked him to pray for you, what would he pray except what's in Scripture? What did he ever pray except what's in Scripture? And remember the first prayer in the Bible, which I led off with, was a prayer for healing. You're in the image of God and he expects you and wants you to use your voice to inject information into the world to his glory and for his purposes. That includes speaking good to the next generation, speaking good to the political situation, speaking healing and health to yourself, to your family, and to your acquaintances, speaking abundance. All of those kinds of things are things that he wants in this world. He wants you to use your voice to create righteousness, to create healing, to create all the good things that he wants his people to have. And that's what prayer is. A combination of prayer and proclamation.